Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. In the context of Mormonism, does the word fullness really mean fullness? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we're looking at some comments that have been made by leaders in The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints regarding the Book of Mormon. And if you've been listening throughout this series, you're probably scratching your head thinking some of those comments are really over the top. And we would agree with you. That's why we feel it's important to look at some of the things that these men have said, because there are many members within the LDS Church who really believe what these leaders are telling them. There was a statement that was made by Gordon B. Hinckley, the 15th president of the church. He said this in an Ensign article titled Testimonies of the Book of Mormon, and this was found in the January 2004 edition of Ensign, starting on page 7. He said, I can't understand why those of other faiths cannot accept the Book of Mormon. One would think that they would be looking for additional witnesses to the great and solemn truths of the Bible. When I read a comment like that, Eric, I'm baffled. Why would I need to do that? Why would I need to have some kind of supplementary material to tell me that what I read in the Bible is okay? When in fact, because so many Latter-day Saints have that supplementary material, the Book of Mormon, they tend to not really believe what the Bible has to tell them. It seems to work in the opposite direction. Now, I, as a Christian, I trust the New Testament. I believe the New Testament is the Word of God for us as Christian believers. Why would I be looking for an additional witness to what the New Testament already states? Because it would seem to imply that somehow I don't think the testimonies in the New Testament are really good enough. I actually need more. Listen to what he says. He says, the great and solemn truths of the Bible. But Mormonism has something called Article 8, which talks about how the Bible is true as far as it is translated correctly. And so, basically, the Book of Mormon is this other testament to be able to understand what God has for us today. Why do we need a Book of Mormon that actually does agree in some ways with the Bible, but also disagrees with it? So it actually causes confusion. And when you talk to Latter-day Saints today, they will oftentimes cite Article 8 as the reason why they're not going to believe what you're telling them about what the Bible says is true. Well, you make a good point, because if the Book of Mormon, in fact, agrees with what the New Testament is teaching us, we don't need it. And if it's disagreeing with what the New Testament is teaching us, we better get rid of it. So I don't know how it wins. That same argument can be used when it comes to personal revelation that Latter-day Saints think they have. Well, if your revelation agrees with what already is in the Bible, then you don't really need it. If it disagrees with what's in the Bible, you better get rid of it. And Bill, he also says, I can't understand why those of other faiths cannot accept the Book of Mormon. You and I are of another faith. I'm glad he acknowledges that anybody who disagrees with the Book of Mormon is of another faith. And we can accept the Book of Mormon because 
there is a lot going against it. The history, the archaeology, the way that it was translated. There's a number of factors that we say, wait a minute, there's too many problems for me to accept this as Scripture. But yet, at the same time, as we talked about earlier in this week, you're not supposed to examine the Book of Mormon using man's reasoning or using any type of education to test the Book of Mormon. See, you're not supposed to do that. In fact, I've had Mormon missionaries chide me when they've tried to get me to pray whether the Book of Mormon is true, according to Moroni 10.4, which is at the back of the Book of Mormon. I refuse to do so, and I said, well, I will examine it, and, and they look at me like, well, no, you don't need to do that. You probably shouldn't even be doing that. Just pray about it and get a message from God. Well, the problem for me, of course, is if I'm getting a message from God telling me the Book of Mormon is true, but yet I'm finding things in the Book of Mormon that contradict what's in the New Testament, that automatically tells me as a New Testament Christian that it's not the Holy Spirit speaking to me. The Holy Spirit will not confirm that which is false and make it appear to an individual that it is true. The Holy Spirit does not work that way. But Ezra Taft Benson, since we've been citing Ezra Taft Benson a lot this week, he was the 13th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in a manual that was published by the church and was meant for the membership to read, it was a manual titled Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Ezra Taft Benson. This came out in 2014, so this is not old material. It cites Ezra Taft Benson regarding Doctrine and Covenants, section 20, verse 9, and that is that the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But listen to how you could say Ezra Taft Benson tends to equivocate on that statement. He continues, that does not mean it contains every teaching, every doctrine ever revealed. Rather, it means that in the Book of Mormon, we will find the fullness of those doctrines required for our salvation, and they are taught plainly and simply so that even children can learn the ways of salvation and exaltation. May I be so blunt as to say that that statement is just utterly false? I'm not expecting it to teach everything that Mormons believe today, because they do have that loophole of Latter-day Revelation. They can come up with new things as time goes on. The problem I have with this statement is, is when he says, we will find the fullness of those doctrines required for our salvation. That's not true. There are a number of things that are required of Latter-day Saints that are not found in the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon never says that you must pay a mandatory 10% tithe in order to get into the celestial kingdom. It never mentions anything like that. It never talks about celestial marriage for time and eternity. It never says anything about that at all. Those would certainly be requirements for a Latter-day Saint if they are going to be truly saved, quote-unquote, or exalted in the celestial kingdom of God. It doesn't talk about the Aaronic or Melchizedek priesthoods either. For a Mormon male, priesthood authority is absolutely essential if that individual hopes to get into the celestial kingdom. But those things are not mentioned, and a lot of other doctrines are not mentioned. And the conclusion that I take from that is, either these doctrines are not all that important, that they were not mentioned in the Book of Mormon in the first place. So if they weren't mentioned in the first place, why is it important for a Latter-day Saint to believe them now? 
if the Nephites and the Lamanites, the two main people mentioned in the Book of Mormon, really existed, and the Book of Mormon is really supposed to be a testimony of the things that they believed and practiced, why is it we don't see, when we read the Book of Mormon, a story of what appears to be ancient Mormons? They don't seem to be ancient Mormons at all. You've heard me say many times, Eric, when we speak at churches, they seem to resemble that of a confused Protestant more than an ancient Mormon because they are believing things that many Protestants believed at the time Joseph Smith is writing the Book of Mormon, yet we see that they are not really consistent forms of Protestant belief. They seem to be confusing. Smith gets it right on one page, wrong on another. Then he makes some statements that certainly are heretical. He makes a lot of comments in the Book of Mormon that I personally would expect from someone like Joseph Smith, who has a backwoods education and certainly no formal training in theology, and is probably getting a lot of what they learn about the Bible either on their own or maybe from a circuit writer who who knows what kind of training they had at that particular time. I'm not trying to imply that pastors during the time of Joseph Smith were ignorant, but I'm wondering why would we expect Joseph Smith to have a pretty reasonable and consistent theology? I wouldn't expect that out of someone like Joseph Smith, and that's what I seem to find in the Book of Mormon is this irregular theology that probably a lot of lay people adhered to at that time. Is that a brash comment? Uh, let me be so honest as to say I've talked to modern professing Christians that are not consistent in their theology. They will say they will believe certain things that they should as Christians, but when you have them explain to you what they mean by those terms and by those doctrines, they're not always as clear and concise as they could be. That's, that's a problem that we have in the Christian church. We've always had that problem. But it is certainly a problem that we see in the Book of Mormon, which tells me, and I admit I'm a critic, but it tells me that this comes from the mind of Joseph Smith. This is also found in Teachings of Presence of the Church, Ezra Taft Benson, the most singular evidence in support of Joseph Smith's claim to being a spokesman for Almighty God was the publication of a scriptural record, the Book of Mormon. Now, doesn't that seem to go along with what I said earlier in the week, that a lot of Latter-day Saints use this kind of circular reasoning to justify their faith in the Book of Mormon, as well as their faith in Joseph Smith? It seems like Ezra Taft Benson is spelling that out. The reason why the Book of Mormon is true is because Joseph Smith was a prophet. Well, how do you know he was a prophet? Well, because he brought forth the Book of Mormon, which we believe to be true. That's a bad way of coming to a conclusion. You have to use better skills than that to make a decision, especially on something of this importance. In the same manual, the next page, 108, if the Book of Mormon is true, then Jesus is the Christ, Joseph Smith was his prophet, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is true, and it is being led today by a prophet receiving revelation. Now, wouldn't we call that a non-sequitur, that the one point doesn't necessarily lead to the next point? And th this is why I say that. If the Book of Mormon is true, then Jesus is the Christ? I don't understand this kind of reasoning. It doesn't make sense. Jesus, of course, is the Christ. Why? Because he is God manifest in the flesh. He died, rose again the third day. But when he says the Book of Mormon is true, 
then Jesus is the Christ, comma, Joseph Smith was his prophet. That, I guess, could be true, but does it necessarily mean he was always his prophet? Because there were many who believed Joseph Smith to be a prophet in the early days of the LDS movement who came to realize that in their mind, Joseph Smith was a fallen prophet when he started introducing doctrines that seemed to either be adding to or conflicting with what the Book of Mormon had to say. David Whitmer, whose name is in every edition of the Book of Mormon as one of the three witnesses, that was a conclusion that he came to. Consider the last two parts. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is true and is being led today by a prophet receiving revelation. Well, if the Book of Mormon is true, Warren Jeffs very well could be a true prophet, not Russell M. Nelson. I mean, it doesn't mean that Mormonism based on what the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints it says is true, because there are many different groups out there who believe that the Book of Mormon is true. We'll continue this conversation regarding the authenticity of the Book of Mormon in tomorrow's show. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. Do you ever get frustrated when your Latter-day Saint friends misunderstand what biblical Christianity is all about? Introducing Christianity to Mormons, written by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson, will help equip you to share the essential doctrines of the Christian faith with confidence. Published by Harvest House, each of the 10 chapters includes examples of real-life evangelism encounters while giving clear steps on how the information can be used in witnessing situations. Introducing Christianity to Mormons is available wherever quality Christian books are sold.